Hello, hello, welcome to another Arsenal podcast brought to you by me, Arsenal.com, because that's my blog, and we don't have any cool sponsors, so we're just going to be sponsored by the blog that I write, because that's a good way to go. So, uh, it's been, well, since October, since I did one of these, and so there's been a lot to cover. About midway through the season, our Everything was pretty shite. Uh, we were not doing well in the league. We were in fifth place. Way behind Villa, which is never a good place to be. And, well, we were still in the Champions League and the FA Cup. So that wasn't too bad. But things were looking pretty grim in the league at the time. But we've managed to correct that since. I'm not going to bother going over all that. Because if you were listening to this, then you probably already followed Arsenal enough to know that. What I am going to go over today, a couple things. Um, going to go over the Champions League, what happened against Manchester United, even though it's tough to talk about. Uh, also the FA Cup and Arsene Wenger's selection policy for that that match against Chelsea in the semifinal. Uh, and I'm going to look ahead to the transfer window because I think it could be a very, very big summer for the club as a whole. Uh, a lot of players could be leaving and... Well, you never really know who's going to come in, if anyone. So it's it's going to be an interesting summer, to say the least. And so I'll talk about some of that, maybe some potential targets, who could be leaving, who maybe could be coming in. So I'll have that for you, and maybe some other stuff if I think of something exciting. So first off, I'm going to go over the Champions League semifinal versus Manchester United. We always knew it was going to be a rough game. Because, obviously, they're the defending champions of Europe and the Premier League. And it was always going to be a rough game, considering the youth of our squad, the experience, and the skill of their squad. But, you know, we were hopeful heading in. We had had some good form going. We hadn't lost in the league in a million years. But we went up to Old Trafford for the first leg. And... Honestly, the fir- the thing that really surprised me wasn't wasn't the performance. The performance was not very good at all. But I was surprised by the team selection. Why is Abu Diaby starting at all? Ever. I can't see what he brings to the team ever. He's he's a little blinkered when it comes to a pass. He's not very good dribbling. He's not that good defensively. I'd take Sesk Song or Danielson over him as a defensive midfielder. And I I just don't know why he would possibly get in the lineup. I suppose it was for his size because he Wenger does like to go with some size against some of the bigger teams. And certainly United are a danger from some of the set plays. Vidic and Ferdinand definitely good in the air. But that's the only reason I can see, and I don't know... We went up there, it looked like, to defend. We had Sesk playing as a second striker, which isn't his best position. He should be playing kind of a deeper midfield role. Then we had Nasri, not on the wing, but we had him in the middle where Sesk should have been. And it it didn't make any sense. It didn't use their talents the way that they should have been used. And... Really, the only reason that we were still in the tie after 
The first leg was because of Manuel Almunia, who made at least three or four saves. The game could have been 5-0, really. We were awful. And Almunia was on his game. And when you looked at our defense go into that game with Sylvester and with Gibbs and then you look at United's team and you see players like Ronaldo, Berbatov and Tevez I mean even when they're on the bench they have so many attacking options Rooney and Ronaldo I think I already said it Ronaldo but they have Anderson they have Carrick and Giggs and Skulls and then you look at us with Sylvester and Gibbs not that Gibbs is a bad player but he's 18, and putting him up against Ronaldo is, I I don't understand that at all. But, yeah, the first leg didn't go well. 1-0 to them. Almunia, man of the match. Everyone else was, well, really off their game. But you were still hopeful after that because it was only 1-0, and while we didn't get an away goal... There was a chance if we could just manage to beat them 2-1, 2 or 3-1, 2-0 or 3-1 at the Grove, then we would go through. And I wasn't ever confident that we would make it through after the first leg, but I was hopeful, certainly. But that was pretty much put to bed, what, eight minutes into the match when uh, Kieran Gibbs slipped, fell, and Park Ji Sung. Park Ji Sung, of all bloody people scored the opening goal and really after that you could just you could just feel everyone's heart sink when you turned on the when I turned on the match and I saw all the flags around the stadium I was excited I just thought wow we are going to go through the stadium is rocking like I've never heard it before I just you were filled with hope and then just 8 minutes in we got sucker punched and it was the end right there I mean not completely the end because we could have gone on to score three goals and still gone through but you could just tell it was such a huge blow on a mistake like that and you got to feel bad for Gibbs because everyone makes that mistake at one time or another and his just happened to come on the biggest stage in the most important match that he's ever played in by far and uh, a couple minutes later Ronaldo fell down after a pretty much nothing foul and then he gets up and takes the free kick because that's just how he is he's a dirty cheating twat and he has a free kick from 35 yards out on the right and puts it in the net Almunia probably definitely not his best keeping he maybe should have kept it out but you, you have you have bad times. I've never been a goalkeeper. I certainly can't blame him. But after that, it really was over. I wanted to stop watching right then, but I couldn't because I was just still hoping. But I think every every Arsenal fan had the same feeling at that moment. It was just you just dreaded the rest of the match. It was it was one of the worst moments that I've ever had supporting Arsenal. It was so bad that it made me not want to see the rest of the match and I hardly ever have that happen but it it's a learning experience they were the better team for sure over the two legs not even close we weren't on the same planet as them and so it gives us something to build to so getting to the semifinal I think was a success with this team
because when you think about it, when we got to the final, we had a lot of experience, and we still had Pires, we still had Henri, we still had Cole, who now is a cunt, of course. We had Youngberg. I mean, we had a bunch of guys who were vastly experienced, and we don't have any of those guys anymore. So with such a young team to get to the semifinal, I think is a good thing for them and their confidence, but at the same time, it shows how far we still have to go if we want to beat top, top teams like United over two legs in such a big stage. But yeah, on to the other trophy we still had a chance to win as of two weeks ago. The FA Cup, we were in the semifinal against Chelsea, and uh, I was really excited about it, honestly. We hadn't been to Wembley in a while. Well, we went for the Carlin Cup final, but that's not a real trophy, let's be serious. If Spurs can win it, then anyone can win it. But, uh, so I was excited for Wembley, excited for the big stage, you know. I really thought this was something we could win with uh, Chelsea still concentrating on the league and the Champions League and all that. But uh, it seems that Arsene Wenger didn't make the FA Cup a priority. There were quotes from him to Sky Sports where it said, after the match, for me there's two trophies really, the Premiership and the Champions League. Which, I mean, it's a little disheartening to me. It, it doesn't really make sense. I've always thought the FA Cup was a pretty prestigious competition. It's been going on for ages and ages. And, you know, it's something that I've always really enjoyed when the team won or got to the finals. It was the first cup I ever saw Arsenal win. And so it has kind of a special meaning to me. And to see it downplayed like that, it makes me wonder about Wenger's prioritization, what priorities. I don't know what the word is. It makes me wonder about his priorities because uh, Andre Arshavin, he can't play in the Champions League this year. And for some reason, Arsene Wenger decided not to play him against Chelsea. And, well, I mean, at that point, it was the biggest match of the season. And he's... He's been our best player for the second half of the year. And so not starting him really shows that he wasn't putting this match or this competition like up to any high standard. He also didn't start Alex Song, who's been playing the best football of his career, at least at Arsenal. And he didn't get to play, and we put in Diaby again for that match. And why does Diaby keep getting the big matches? That That's my question. I've already asked that, though. But I really don't understand why you would take arguably the two players that are playing the best and not play them in one of the biggest matches. Especially for Arshavin when he couldn't play in the Champions League. What, saving him for Liverpool in the league? Yeah, he ended up scoring four goals. But, I mean, wouldn't you take a loss at Liverpool in order to win in the FA Cup semifinal against Chelsea? I can't understand why... Well, that Liverpool match would have priority so much so that Andre Arshavin, who's been our best player, wouldn't even be in the starting lineup at all. It makes no sense to me, and it made me mad, honestly. Because that's just... When you haven't won a trophy in four years at a club like this, you try to win every trophy. And if you do prioritize some trophies, you have to win the ones that you make a priority. Yet, we haven't been able to do that for four years. 
So wouldn't you take just about any trophy you can get? If you're in the FA Cup semifinal, you damn well put out your best team and you try to win that. You try to get to the final and you try to win a trophy. It's been too long without one to not put your best team out there and try to win the match. It makes me sick because we haven't ever won the Champions League and we haven't won the league in years. So what, if you're making those your priority, then what, are we just not ever capable of winning even though it is our priority? I, I don't understand that at all because you take whatever chances you have to win. I would never, if I was managing the team, I would never just lay down in an FA Cup semifinal just so I could concentrate on fourth place in the league, which we almost already had wrapped up. It, it doesn't make any sense. But the moral of the story is we lost 2-1 on that day. Fabianski had a pretty rough outing. But he he's young and inexperienced. I think he will be a good keeper one day. I really do. But... He's definitely no Manuel Almunia yet. Wow, never thought I'd say that. He's no Manuel Almunia. But Almunia has really stepped up his game. And I think Fabianski, as he gets older and learns more, he's going to be a good keeper too. But we crashed out of the semifinals of the FA Cup and the Champions League. And it was pretty depressing. Then to cap it all off, Sunday, we played Chelsea again and lost 4-1 at home. 4-1 at home to end our unbeaten run in the league. I'll admit that I didn't get to see that match because it was Mother's Day. Is there Mother's Day in, like, England? I don't even know. But we have Mother's Day here, and uh, so I was with my mom. Didn't get to see the match. And honestly, I'm glad I didn't see it. I don't want to watch Chelsea beat us 4-1 at home. That's about as much fun as hanging out with David Bentley. He's a wanker. But, uh, yeah, that's it, it's been a rough couple of weeks. You can question the selections. I've definitely been doing that. Question the performances, though, too. Uh, Adebayor's been off. Some might say awful. I've always defended him, but I can't really defend him the last few matches. He hasn't been very good. Uh, Sesk hasn't been at his best, definitely. Uh, he was almost invisible against United. And you need your best players to show up in the biggest games. It wasn't his fault. I'm not saying that, certainly. He didn't have a lot of help. But he's supposed to. He's, he's the one that's got to dictate tempo for us. And it just didn't happen. But, um... Yeah, it, it's it's been a rough couple of weeks, and it could have could have some severe consequences for you know the club's future going forward, because a lot of players, Robin Van Persie, Emmanuel Adebayor, Sesk, uh, lot lots of players have been coming out saying, you know, we need to strengthen the squad. We've been saying this for years as fans that we're losing players that we're not replacing, or you know, we're just not buying players in places we need. And all of us recognize this. We all saw last summer that we needed a defensive midfielder and a center back. And we got Samir Nasri and Mikel Silvestre. Sylvester. And 
while Nazri's, you know, shown signs of being a good player, he's only 21. He's going to get better. Sylvester was... We've been over this before. He's a Manchester United reject who's past his prime, which wasn't even that good in his prime. And it was astounding then that we didn't make any midfield signings. And, well, I guess Nazari is. But, you know, defensive midfielder, central midfielders. And it's even more astounding now when you look back and you see what we had at the end of the season with our defending, we had Sylvester and Gibbs starting in the biggest matches of the year. And is it stubbornness from Arsene Wenger? I think so. I think he's determined to prove that you can win with an average squad age of 21 or 22. And now this already again, today, he, said, he came out and said that he's not going to spend any money. He says... We have a team which is 22 years old on average. Why should we look for revolution? That would be stupid and not responsible. I still believe that when you have responsibilities, you have to make decisions and stand up for that. Until now, we have not done too badly. I do not think the team needs major investments. And when I look at that, I'm just astounded. When you saw the impact that a player like Arshavin makes when he comes in with his experience and quality, how can you not want to get more players like that? I mean, imagine if we bring in Chabi Alonso now. We, our midfield goes Walcott or Nasri, and then it goes Sesk, Chabi Alonso in the middle, and then Arshavin on the left or right or as a support striker anywhere. I mean, can you imagine that? How much better does that make us? Even you could even put Song in behind and put Nasri in the middle and play a five-man midfield with Walcott on the right. I saw that on Ars blog earlier. He's he had the idea to idea of running like a Barcelona four three three, which would be brilliant, I think. Then you have Eduardo you can use too. He can play all over. It, when you think of the possibilities when you bring in quality like we have with Arshavin, if you bring in another player like that in the midfield, another player with his experience in defense you really, you can see the improvement that the squad would have from right now. I'm not saying Gibbs is a bad player. Like I said, he's just young. And he'll be good, but he shouldn't have to play on stages like this at his age. And when I read that Wenger says there won't be any major investments, maybe it's him just talking, but the last couple of years he said the same thing, and we haven't had any major investments. And I'm getting sick of the stubbornness. I trust Arsene Wenger most of the time. But at some point, that trust is starting to fade. And when you see, like I said, what a player like Arshavin can do for the team, he's been a, such a massive boost. We were playing terribly. He comes in. We go on a long, unbeaten run. And we we went, get back to fourth place in the league easily. It just makes you want more of that and to see that it may not be coming in is disheartening but I've been asking people what they want to see come in and pretty much everyone says the same they want central midfielders defensive mids a center back or two and I have to agree 
Um, a couple players we've been linked with in the past, Chabby Alonso, Gareth Barry, uh, Gulkan In Inler, all possible midfielders, Miguel Veloso. They're, they're all quality players, all with experience, you know, all international players. And they could all really strengthen our midfield, I think. And in defense, I don't really know who. There's, we've been linked with Christian Zapata of Udinese, Zapata, something like that. And uh, I think he could be the type of player we need. Because while Galas and Torre played well near the end of the year, when you get past that, it goes to Dejuru and Sylvester. And that's just not good enough right now. We'll be getting Cinderos back, I assume. Unless we sell him. But how much would we like to have him this year? I know a lot of people aren't his biggest fans, but isn't he a better option than Sylvester? I think so. And uh, so we should be getting him back. But if we sell him, then maybe use the money to buy another defender like, like Zapata. Or I don't know who else. Wenger always likes to get unknown players. But as long as they're quality like Arshavin, then... I don't care if he's a big name or not. But it seems like Gareth Barry is going to go to Liverpool, almost certainly, this summer. Which kind of frees up Chabby Alonso to leave. And I think he's a player that you just can't pass up. His passing is ridiculously good. He can score. And he can, be, he can play a defensive-minded role. But imagine, like I said, with Song behind him. Or... And then you have Danielson as cover. You have Diaby as cover. It's just the options are so much more than we have right now. It makes us a more versatile team, which is something that we haven't seen. Arsenal don't really have a plan B. You can't switch up our lineup that many ways and come out with different formations and different tactics very much when you look at a team like United or Chelsea. They have a lot of players that they can bring in off the bench that are quality and can switch up the entire look of the team. When they want to play defensively, they bring in a certain setup. And when they want to attack more, they can bring in a completely different set of players and go at you that way. And we don't have that. We have one way of playing, and we need to expand. I like playing attacking football. Everyone does. It's great to watch. But you need to be more versatile so teams can't prepare for you the same way all the time. And adding players like Alonzo and maybe even another striker, if Adebayor leaves, then it gives us more versatility and it's something that I think we need to see. So, on to a few other newsworthy items. Uh, Stan Kroenke, American board room member for Arsenal, he's got his stake in the club up to 28.3%. So he's ahead of Alistair Kuntmanov, Fatmanov, Usmanov, whatever you want to call him. Mafia, Uzbeki, we don't want him, basically. And uh, he's he bought stock from Danny Feisman and also from the Carr family. Like I said, put him up to 28.3%. If he gets up to 30%, he has to make a takeover bid. Which, to me, I think... Obviously, since the board are selling shares to him, like Danny Feisman, uh, 
it looks to me that he, the board want him to eventually take over the club, which I'm I'm not completely I I I don't know what my opinion is for for sure. I think obviously he's he's a much better option than Usmanov. He's he's got money. He's got experience owning teams. He owns uh, I think the Denver Nuggets, maybe the Colorado Avalanche, a couple other teams too. And so he certainly has the experience with owning owning teams to make it happen. And the board certainly trust him, or they would have never invited him to join the board. And I think the reason that he's getting all these shares, of course, is so Usmanov can't get them, and eventually he'll need to make a takeover bid. And and one day I think he will take over Arsenal Football Club as an owner, which I don't think I have a problem with. But I mean, I'd rather see Arsenal owned by a bunch of shareholders as it is now, by supporters and fans. But it's inevitable that one day there will be an owner of Arsenal Football Club. And Kroenke, to me, seems like an honest guy who wants to make the club more successful. He's done it with other teams, like I said. And if the current board trust him and are cool with it, then I don't see why we shouldn't. Because, I mean, the Hillwood family has been around Arsenal forever and if someone like him can trust Stan Kroenke then I don't see how we as fans couldn't trust him so we got that going on uh, in other news Colo Torre set to sign a new contract with Arsenal which is a change from a couple months ago when he was linked with a transfer to Man City and he hasn't been at his best for the past two seasons, ever since he got that malaria at the African Cup of Nations. But he's a player who's always been loyal to Arsenal, and he has been solid for us over the years. And I'd hate to see him leave, honestly. He's one of my favorite players. And so I'm glad that he's going to stick around. I don't think him and Gallas work that well together still, but they did show signs of working much better much better together near the end of the season. So there is hope for that. Um, Theo Walcott, I believe, signed a new a new deal. Can't find the article right now. But I'm pretty sure he signed a new deal. And um, we've got a bunch of people linked with us. A Russian named Pavel Pogrebniak. Don't know much about him, honestly. And, uh... Well, they linked us with, you'll never believe this, they've linked Arsenal with with Gary Cahill from Bolton, who are looking for 20 million quid for him. And that's just ridiculous. No matter how much we wanted a defender, we would never, ever pay 20 million quid for Gary Cahill. It just won't happen. We would never pay Bolton 20 million for anyone. There's a reason people play for Bolton because they're not worth 20 million quid. And uh so I can't see that happening. But there have been a bunch of transfer rumors going around and I'd expect them to really start up in full pretty soon now that the season well we only have two matches left in the league. And then we have nothing really. We have the Champions League final coming up. Which, of course, I'll be going for Barcelona. 
I want Thierry to win it. He deserves it. For him to go through his career without ever winning it, it wouldn't really be right. So we still have Man United this weekend. And then we have Stoke coming up after that. And you want to see the kids play, I guess. We've clinched fourth. We can't get third. So I'd like to see some of the younger guys, Ramsey, Vela, some of them come in. But you don't want to get embarrassed by United. They can win the title. If they beat Wigan tomorrow and then they beat us or even draw with us, then they can clinch the title against us, which would be depressing. But it's inevitable, really, that they win it. So it happens, you know. What can you do about it at this point? But I'd like to see the younger guys get some playing time and experience. I especially want to see Vela because I think he is just so fun to watch. Great skill. He's just so confident on the ball, too. I mean, just one for the future for sure. But, yeah, after that, it'll be the transfer season. And I'm a little worried because we could have some departures. It seems to be a theme the past couple years that we lose some of our more experienced players to greener pastures. Flamini decided to leave for Milan. Chleb left for Barcelona, of course. Gilberto left because he wasn't getting the playing time he probably wanted. And, you know, you can't blame him for that. But how much how much would we have liked to have him this year? He would have been a big help. I, he maybe lost a step, but he was better than Diaby. That's a certainty. But um main worry for me is Seth Fabregas. He keeps saying he's committed to the club, but how long do you keep a guy like that, you know, fighting for fourth place in the league and ne not winning trophies for four years? I can't imagine him sticking around forever for that. And so when he says we need to strengthen the squad, I, I don't like catering to one player, but if there's one player you cater to, then it's, it's Cesc Fabregas. If he wants... Chabi Alonso is his midfield partner, then go get Chabi Alonso. We can't afford to lose a player like Sesk. Not when he's our captain, not when he's this age, not when he's by far our best player. And so I really, really hope Wenger thinks about strengthening this summer because the team definitely needs it. And the fans need it. And we we need to be more competitive. So I'd like to see something happen. And next podcast, I'll really get into a transfer preview because it'll be more clear about our assessment of the season. We'll be able to look back on, on what we are what we're, we did this season and who possibly is going to be leaving, Adebayo or maybe, who knows who else. But, uh, yeah, next podcast, definitely get a more complete transfer preview. But for now, I think I'm going to wrap it up. I don't want to keep it too long and bore everyone out of their minds. So uh, we're just going to wrap it up for today. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any emails or anything that you want to talk about, I mean, I'll read them here on the podcast. So get those in, arsenal at arsenal.com. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter on Twitter. That's uh, twitter.com slash arsenal. Follow me on there. It's uh, pretty freaking exciting. Uh, make sure you read the blog, arsenal.com. 
you can uh, link to my Olay Olay page from there. All kinds of good stuff. Listen to all the old podcasts. You can subscribe on iTunes and whatever else you might want to do. So um, that's about it. Hopefully we don't get embarrassed against United this weekend. I'm hoping for a good result. And, um, yeah, that's about it. So get in your emails, comments, feedback. I want to hear it all. So have a good one. Peace up. A-Town down.